Hey, hey y'all. This, this is, is the, the Coffee, Coffee Duo, Duo podcast, podcast, where we sip, share, and connect. Fueled by coffee, conversation, and community. This is Erica. And I'm John. And together, and together we're we the are the Coffee, Coffee Duo, Duo podcast. podcast. Grab your favorite coffee and come listen along with us. Welcome to the Coffee Duo podcast, season two, episode three. We're glad to have you here. Can't wait for you to listen in. Wow. 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 That's all I can mm. say. This interview that you're about to hear with David Baldwin, Dave Baldwin, I keep saying David, uh, Faith, Family, and Coffee, I mean, does that sum it up? Totally. And you're going to learn so much from listening to this episode. You're going to learn a lot about faith. You're going to learn a lot about family and a lot about coffee roasting and the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. growers the climate the soil it's all so cool i was literally on the end of my edge of my seat and my, <laughs> my seat like the entire interview everything um he said just kept getting more and more interesting yeah and totally i was writing so many notes for me and us to be able to research for the future podcast it was yeah. just great and I we always it. try to keep our episodes under 30 minutes and um this yeah. one's gonna be pushing the 30 minutes um i almost think we could probably have another interview with him just I to talk too. about just just roasting in general like again so it was amazing i think you're gonna absolutely love this um listen up it's about to come here the third episode in season two coffee duo podcast all right we are here with david baldwin dave baldwin with furnace hills coffee he is the founder and ceo and he's a consultant for roasters now yeah welcome dave Hey, good to be on the podcast with you guys. So it's, excited to have you. Yeah, we got Erica, I'm here, and we got you, Dave. So um, you are a roaster. How did you get involved in like coffee business and roasting? How did that happen? Sure, yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting story. So we have a daughter who is now 49 uh, who has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And um, when she, we were living in Maryland, she was living, uh, we had her... Uh, placed in a in a residential facility in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and she loved it there. Uh, we lived in Indianapolis uh, when we when we placed her there, and then we moved to Maryland. And she still loved flying back and forth to to visit mm-hmm. us in in Maryland. And then something happened, and there, and she didn't like being there anymore. And we knew we needed to bring her home to live with us. Mm-hmm. And since we were new to Maryland and she was new to Maryland, uh, we were put at the end of every waiting line for help. Hmm. And so we kind of took things into our own hands. And one thing led to another, and we started roasting coffee. And uh, we started in our kitchen and then our kitchen and dining room. And (laughs) we had about a 1,000 maybe 2,000 ton of green coffee beans in the lower level of our home. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. uh, So, But we started on... um, little nesco home coffee roasters oh, yeah. that our daughter could um could handle and um she just took to it she loved it and so my wife told me that we needed our our house back um, <laughs> so, so we moved we moved to a, we were in a small town northwest of baltimore called westminster and so we found a a uh storefront on main street and we moved there it's a small little it was kind of it ended up we ended up outgrowing it but not moving so it was pretty pretty pinched we had about 500 square feet of space on the main street and uh, westminster but we um roasted uh a lot of coffee and she became our chief coffee roaster oh that's so awesome i love that interesting yeah such a great job too because it's it's uh from what i've seen in person 
it's very therapeutic. Yeah, there's something about there's something about um, roasting coffee, and I don't know what it is, but it does. Um, it's therapeutic. It's there's something that you just can't explain, almost uh, mystical about mm-hmm. coffee roasting. Now, because we were and we ended up hiring more people with developmental disabilities, and because of that, we used um, sauna fresco. We ended up, you know, we had to get something bigger than home roasters mm-hmm. that would do a third of a pound at a time. So oh, we wow. ended up getting um, uh, investing in uh, uh, sauna frescos. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Um, coffee roaster, but they were uh, their biggest machine is a one kilo or you know a two and a half pound roaster, so oh, we okay. could do roughly twenty pounds an hour. Nice. Um, but the thing is that they have a, it's a hot air fluid bed roaster, mm-hmm. and they have um, they have cool down cycles. So um, when you take the beans out of the out of the roaster, they're already cool. Oh, and nice. so that yeah. was something that we really that really helped us mm-hmm. uh, keep things safe for people that had oh, yeah. um, developmental disabilities. That's so smart. About that yeah. part of it. But that's, still giving yeah. them a job that's very satisfying to them right. as well. And just the safety aspect of it. That's great. I didn't right. know about that. Yeah. I didn't even know about that machine, but that's really cool to hear about. Yeah. The one, the one that I saw in person was a Dietrich and it's not. It comes out the, very hot. Yeah. It comes out, it comes hot. out very hot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, the coffee roastery that I'm working with here in Indianapolis right now has a Dietrich and mm-hmm. it, um, it comes out pretty hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, exactly. Yeah. But it's, it is a really neat process to watch. So what, <clears throat> what yes, is your favorite part of roasting? I know you did some, um, your daughter did some and some others. What was your favorite part? I know you kind of answered it already with the mystical or the, just the different part. Being <laughs> sure. there, but what, what did you like about it? Uh, I, I think I liked, um, as, as much the science of it as the art of it. Mm. I love, um, the, just the idea of a first and second crack and what <laughs> what that does scientifically yeah. to the bean mm-hmm. um it, it's just people who um who are not familiar with roasting have you know when you use the term first and second crack mm-hmm. they don't have a clue what you're talking about right and when you stop to think about the fact that 65 percent of the adults in the united states drink coffee but they would you know, maybe point zero 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 one percent would understand exactly. first and second crack. Exactly. It's like, you know, there's something about such a such a common commodity that mm-hmm. that almost everybody takes for granted. It's it's quite uh, it's quite compelling. It is. So I think that's that's a big part of it. I think the other part, which is more not so much the roasting, but the stories behind the beans you get. Mm-hmm. Um, Though you know whether it's a farmer or an importer or um, whatever it might be, um, there's just so many fantastic stories that come out of other countries that um, that um, are heartwarming, are challenging, and then um, so we try to connect our products with those stories, and I think that helps sell uh, coffee a little bit better that way. Do you know if most of the farms were, say, organic or less pesticides? You know, did you have, did you talk to them about that at all, or we did, okay. and um, and we never because of just um, we were on a shoestring, so we never were mm-hmm. certified organic ourselves as a shop. You mm-hmm. have to go through a whole um, process. You guys mm-hmm. probably know that oh, to yeah. become yeah. a certified shop. 
but a lot and you can't then use if you're not a certified shop you can't use the o word you can't yeah be, that's you true. can't be certified organic even yeah. though a lot of our beans were, were. certified, mm-hmm. certified okay. organic um however uh we've came to kind of not trust in certifications because but trust in people mm-hmm. um we had a farmer from honduras that would tell us that the local co-op would come, the local certified organic co-op would come to him and he wasn't him. He did everything naturally and, and didn't use pesticides and so forth. And, um, uh, that co-op would come to him when they would be short coffee and want to, um, use his coffee in their, you know, um, consignment for whoever they were selling it to. Mm. And, um, so, you know, you hear about those kinds of things. So we just were more, um, more, uh, put our faith more in people than we did in certifications. Yeah, so gotcha. every, all, uh, everybody that we worked with, um, were chemical free. They were, um, uh, naturally, you know, naturally grown. But I think the, the, the coolest story was our, our Burundi coffee, um, when we started roasting coffee back in 2010, um, I didn't know that Burundi grew coffee. And uh, that was because they had a potato, what they called the potato plague in Burundi. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, they had stink bugs that would get into the coffee cherry oh, wow. and leave, leave bacteria behind. And even after harvesting it and drying it and roasting it and brewing it, it still tasted like raw potatoes. Wow, that's so interesting. Not good, but yeah. Yeah. But a guy by the name of Ben Carlson with uh, Long Miles Coffee Project, uh, I'm not sure, but I think he's a Wisconsin grad. I think he's got a a (laughs) degree in horticulture. He went there, and he just decided to put uh, two-liter bottles of sugar water next to the trees. I don't attract the bugs. That attracted the bugs. And then he put a... a, um, a, uh, bounty out on uh on uh, stink bugs as well <laughs> sounds but, like know, it yeah kind of raising the, the economic climate of of the region in which he was working in. yeah that really so when you were talking about the cracks of the bean, it's kind of interesting talking to Erica's brother. He is a roaster as well. And I remember him talking about that. And I'd kind of heard it like here and there, but he really got into the science of it. Like you kind of yeah, talked about it. That. And he's like, I love that first crack. And then when I get that second one, I know what I'm doing. Like he's got his little charts all out. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting <laughs> to hear the two roasters now talking about the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. That's neat. Yeah, it's cool. The, the, um, our shop, we had a coffee bar. And so, and we'd have people walk in to buy pounds of coffee. So you'd keep your ear um, open to the roasting going on, especially if you were um, stopping the roast, um, like just as you hear second crack or right after first crack. Wow. So, and because those are distinct sounds. Yeah. The, they're, the first sound sounds like popcorn. The second sound sounds like Rice Krispies, you mm, know, okay. snap, crackle, pops. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, you can tell whether it's in first or second crack, and you can um, make adjustments as you uh, hear those cracks. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. So what is your favorite kind of coffee? I would love to know that. Yeah, that's uh, I, I, I saw that question, <laughs> and I've, I've thought about that a lot. Um, I, so one of the things, this is terrible to say, but... Um, 
uh, the one coffee that I really enjoyed that we roasted, um, there was a there was a brewery in town, and this guy, the the guy who owned the brewery, called me up and he said, "Have you ever heard of whiskey barrel coffee?" Mm-hmm. Oh my and, goodness! Mm-hmm. And I said no, and so he we talked about it, and um, I took him up. He had a fifth. He had a hundred. He had a fifty gallon um, used whiskey barrel, bourbon barrel, and we took him a hundred. Uh, pounds of green wow. coffee beans and mm-hmm. it sat in there for two weeks he turned the barrel every day and that was we would um roast it in a medium you know, on the lighter side of medium to keep the, you could roast the tape the uh the taste out of it but it not only picked up the the um taste of the bourbon but it picked up the oakiness of the barrel nice and it was just, I mean, and we would we would sell it. You know, you sell it for, you know, what the market will bear. Yeah. And we were selling that for $35 a pound. And people would walk in and buy three pounds of it. Wow. <laughs> and I would go, you know how much? And then they would stop me and they go, yeah, we know how much it costs. Oh, wow. We asked for three pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yeah. pay $105 yeah. for three pounds oh, of coffee. Goodness. It was wow. just crazy but i love the taste of that yeah my first time uh, trying that was sorry about that my first time trying was that was in uh flagstaff at matador coffee mm-hmm. and i just tried like a, a cup of it first like say a 10 or 12 ounce and i think it was like 650 or seven bucks just for the cup and i was kind of like wow like at first the price then i tasted it and he then was, i bought a bag he was <laughs> and I sold. Think it was like 30 bucks so i was like oh he was sold so yeah. yeah yeah well and and just for those um teetotalers out there when you roast it you roast all the the alcohol out of it so yes, you yeah. don't have to worry about getting yeah getting high on the on the coffee it's yeah, just exactly. the flavor yeah. the flavor, it's the yeah. flavor infusion yeah. part yeah. it just keeps the flavor yeah so that's that, interesting uh, other than that i i uh, really do like guatemalan coffee i think oh, that's okay. that's got a good uh, especially when it comes from white white to mango that that region of of guatemala has really good coffee and i i just uh, that's what i'm drinking right now oh, um, we will have to so. try that yeah we'll have to try that jake yeah. yeah john's latest favorite is the costa rican yeah so uh, i don't know what region uh, is i've just i've yeah. had some and i just really like the the flavor yeah so oh. yeah we used to get some from a farm there called espiritu santo it was the the holy spirit farm mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, so it was uh uh, that was good. That was good coffee too. I think anything south of the border seems to um, be our favorites. You know that that we like to drink. Nice. And so, from your experience, you're saying anything south of the border would? Are you saying more stuff towards the equator is going to be like a better tasting, like Costa Rica down that way, South America, or just because of the weather? What, or I think it's more because of the soil. Okay. I think, especially in Guatemala, there's a lot of volcanic soil there. And oh, so interesting. I think, like, like when people would say, you know, we, we never, we never roasted Kona coffee, but when people would say, do you have Kona coffee? I'd say no, but the closest you can, I think you can get outside of Hawaii for Kona coffee is Guatemala. Mm, okay. uh, it's mainly, I think what gives the Kona coffee its, its taste is, you know, all of, all of Hawaii is volcanic soil, right. so right, it, right, right. Um, yeah. and Guatemala tends to be a little bit more volcanic than other countries in in uh, Central or South America. Well, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's a very the, interesting of the to hear. Volcanic yeah. piece of it because of the soil. Yeah, I mean, soil does make a huge difference when it comes to fruits, vegetables, and whatnot. And now for the question of the week: Did you know about the first and second crack of coffee while it's roasting? And now back to the Coffee Duo podcast. 
but that's really interesting. I, I have a friend in Guatemala that he'll um, what he he buys, and I haven't seen any of this, but they they'll plant coffee trees in orange orchards and grapefruit Ooh. orchards, and it'll pick up that oh. natural taste of the orange and grapefruit. Citrus. Wow. What a cool idea. Now I just saw a YouTube video the other day where they're taking a, uh, they're pulling a shot of espresso, but they take a slice of orange and they put it on top of the cup and then they, the shot comes in over that, through that. I don't know what that's oh, called, really? but I didn't know what yeah. that's called, but I'm going to have to post that on our, um, our Coffee Deal podcast Instagram when I find that again. But it was really interesting and they said it's got some great flavor to it. So yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be really interesting. So now, do you drink? Do you drink your coffee black? Do you add sugar? <laughs> do you add cream? What do you do to your coffee? I I drink it black. I oh, drink it straight up. You so straight up. That's it's, how I drink um, mine too. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> we have some. We have some. Um, one of the, the we we got coffee from a Colombian farmer, Cafe Tio Canejo, which. If you know your Spanish, cafe is coffee, but Tio Conejo is Uncle Rabbit. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Conejo is Rabbit. From, yeah. yeah, it came from Uncle Rabbit, the Uncle <laughs> Rabbit farm. Um, but those people, you'd think coffee farmers would drink it straight up, don't you? I mean, yeah. just But they, they put cream, sugar in it, and I go, you can't cup this. And they go, yeah, we know, but we like it this way. So <laughs> it was like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so I have another question for you. I, I w- when I was reading the website of the company that you founded, Furnace Hill, one of the things that they talked about a lot was decaf. So what is up with that? I'm just curious. Um, it, well, you know, it's, it's uh, interesting as I look at our, our orders and I, I, I um, when it comes to some of the things that they've done on the on the the website, they feature decaf, and I don't know if they have um, gotten a lot of decaf drinkers mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. we sold them the company. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but uh, they, uh, uh, as I remember, um, it, they're featuring two decafs, but I think originally they had four that were up, and mm-hmm. I think um, uh, they had a, a medium roast and a darker roast, right? And, um, the, the, uh, darker roast, uh, you just don't, if, if you look at the lay of the land, it's hard to find darker roast, uh, decaf. And I think they went that way just because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that like a darker roast, Mm -hmm. but they, for a lot of, I think for a lot of coffee, um, companies, a lot of roasters, a lot of, um, even, uh, when you go into a coffee shop, you don't find them usually having decaf, right. you know, ready to, mm-hmm. to, to uh, serve. They have to brew it up or do it a pour over or something. Yeah, true. And true. I think they yeah. had found a niche with darker, uh, decaf drinkers. That's oh, interesting. And, uh, so I think that was basically, and that was, um, uh, I think they're, uh, they're South American decaf. Mm-hmm. And, um, we always had, um, uh, what we called South American decaf and we left it that way because it's hard to source decaf too. And right. so mm-hmm. you couldn't always get, we'd always get it from South of the border, but one time it might be from Colombia, Another time it might be from Mexico. So we just called mm. it South American. South American. Oh, there you, know. you go. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was interesting because I saw half calf, decaf, dark roast decaf. I was like, "Wow, this is yeah. pretty." Cra- I mean, it's phenomenal because you don't see a lot of that yeah. from the roast. Yeah, right. Well, and I think that the the, uh, the half calf was a mistake 
in oh. that we had a, we had somebody that just dumped a bunch of regular beans oh. in with, with oh, decaffeinated gotcha. beans, and so we had to salvage it somehow. Yeah, and so true. we decided. So that was a kind of a mistake uh-huh. that ended up being pretty good. That's yeah. kind of cool, um, though. That's a, that's a neat mistake. Project. Yeah, yeah, that's a good mistake. I like oh, that one. Oh my goodness, that is really neat. Yeah, <laughs> that's very that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what else do you have to add? Um, anything that you'd like to add about the roasting, like your faith, family, a little bit more about um, how Furnace Seals was started with who you had working there, the special needs, sure. uh, anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, we had um, we had a number of people that um, had developmental disabilities. Um, there's a, a, a empirical study that was done by uh, the Institute of Productivity. Um, and they said that uh, what they found out was any organization, whether it's coffee or stock brokerage or whatever, um, those companies that had people working in them that had developmental disabilities, um, those countries had a better bottom line, had a better corporate culture, um, were just all around better places to work. Uh, and so um, we just uh, found that to be something that we wanted to promote and uh, continue. Um, uh, on the faith side, and, and uh, our family are, are people of faith, um, there is there's a lot of places around the world where, and I'm going to keep this pretty general, mm-hmm. um, just to protect people around the world. Sure. But there are people around the world, there are countries around the world where it's hard. I always say to use the M word mm-hmm. to be a, to be a missionary mm-hmm. um, because of non proselytizing laws or just you know uh, religious persecution. Mm-hmm. But um, in the 25 25 window that's where you grow coffee from the from 25 degrees south to 25 degrees north Mm -hmm. those countries um where coffee is grown and they have those religious um restrictions um there are people in there growing coffee or sourcing coffee if they're not growing it um that um that need a place to market their coffee, and so that's been a uh, we've supported them uh, a lot without being um, now and then we would use in our just so that people of faith would under there's a there's a um, most coffee is grown in in the mountains, mm-hmm. right. and so there's a there's a passage in Romans ten that talks about how beautiful are the feet of those uh, on the mountains that bring good news. <laughs> so we would just put that up. Yeah, that's so perfect. somebody who was a person of faith who knew that passage, right? It's quoting an Old Testament uh, passage, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it it um it, it would alert them that this was a little bit more than just you know coffee that we sourced in, yeah. in regular places. That's great. I love that. So yeah, so that that's that was that's been a heartbeat of ours, and and um, what I've tried to do here in in Indianapolis as I've worked with the the coffee roaster here is help that coffee roaster connect with churches mm, and mm-hmm. uh, provide those kinds of coffees to um, churches that um, are concerned about reaching people around the world. That's a great link. Yeah. So so right now you're basically acting as a consultant to people who want to roast coffee, right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in that capacity, are you able to hook them up with those sources of coffee that you mentioned earlier? Is that part yes. of what you do? 
Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So that that's well, and um, and some of these, like um, probably all but one of the roasters that I'm working with are have a have a faith base of uh, it may not be in their roastery per se, but it's in in their families mm-hmm. and and their and their ownership. So mm. um, so that's kind of a. Um, a, a cool deal too. So they're, they're probably there. Uh, I was counting up the other day that probably there's six roasters that I'm currently involved with helping them do one thing or another. Oh, that's um, great. Everything from marketing to sourcing beans to, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. We may have a referral for you for your seventh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say that again. I'm sorry. I, I said, that. I said, I may have a referral for you for your seventh client. <laughs> It's like, I think most people when they retire have a hobby. Mine has been staying with coffee. And I Mm -hmm. I was a pastor for 41 years. Oh, awesome. And so it's like every time the Lord is, every time there's been an opportunity since I've retired, it's always been on the coffee side, not on the not on the, the pastoral side. side. So I think, I think that's where God has me is that's working awesome. with coffee. I, lo- I love that. that so you, have a, you have a really great story. It's really, well, it's really you. fun. It's interesting. And I love the fact that you incorporated your daughter into your business mm-hmm. and gave her a fun thing to do purpose, you know, a passion. I think that's just, I think that's such a beautiful story. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's, uh, she, um, we, we have a cafe in our church and so she works there oh, um, one day a week <laughs> and, um, and the cafe is like, um, it, it rivals what, what you'd find at Starbucks or any second wave coffee shop, you know, uh, local coffee shop. It's really, uh, the people that, mm. um, help put it together really knew what they were doing. And, um, so that's really it's, uh, but that's she, loves, really, really cool. she loves being there. She calls it her job. And yeah, that's perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. And she got to know coffee really well. She would bring me um, a chamber of coffee and she would just say, she just say, look at this. And I, and I knew what we were roasting and I'd go, yeah, it's not right. Is it? No, it's not right. Oh, <laughs> so That's she, great. Wow. She, that's... she has an eye for it. She's really, it's really cool. That is so great. That is so, such a great story. And we are so glad to have you on the Coffee Deal podcast, Dave. And um, we cannot wait to hear more about all your roasting down the road mm-hmm. and we'll have to stay in contact we'll with definitely you. Will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd and be great. Yes. It's good. It's good to meet you guys over the phone. Yeah. I've been too. listening to your podcast and just love what you're doing. So well, thank you. Thank we you really appreciate me. it. You've already given me like four ideas for our future podcast. I know. Too, so. <laughs> Cool. And we're looking to order some Furnace Hills yes. coffee as well. There's yeah, a couple on there to. that we kind of like, so we're going to have to Great. look at those yeah. as well, get some of those ordered as well. So I've already put Super. one in my basket. Yeah, she's already got one on her basket. <laughs> she's she's good at ordering stuff. So I am. We're going to add to our very large coffee collection. Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, thanks again, yeah, Dave. Dave. You have a great day, and God bless. Wait, and if yeah, somebody bless needs to guys. get a hold of David, Wait, how do we how do that? How can we get a hold of Dave if they want to? If they want to have him consult for him, uh, mm-hmm. my uh, my uh, email address is uh, David M Baldwin at gmail dot com. Okay, uh, you can find me on Facebook, um, and um, yeah, no, that okay. those would be the. Uh, two, two places. Methods. I've got a, I've got a uh, Instagram account, mm-hmm. but I yeah. don't. Um, since leaving the coffee business, I haven't really um, used that. I'm on, I'm on, um, 
I should have looked at, I am on X or, you know, um, the, yeah, the Twitter, Twitter. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, I, I'm on there a lot. I follow um, a number of coffee. I'm more of a, on Twitter, but I mean, we can talk coffee there. I'm, I'm more of, I follow Newcastle United, which is a Premier League mm -hmm. soccer, oh, soccer team yep. in, in England. England. Yep. So um, I follow them and that's more there. But I, I, I post every morning. Um, on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Nextdoor. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. Nextdoor, mm -hmm. but it's, yep. um, That's a good one. it's like a local mm -hmm. local uh, Facebook. But I I post what I'm what the weather is like here in the West Bay of Indy. <laughs> Um, what I'm drinking and what I'm reading. Oh, that's so really great. cool. Okay. You can, you can catch me in those places. So David M. Baldwin at gmail.com. That was your email, yes. right? Okay, cool. Yes, ma'am. Right. Right. Yep. And I forgot what my, I forgot what my, uh, um, what my Twitter, uh, count is, but if you look for David Baldwin, you'll probably find me. All right. Okay. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for your time, all of your insight and your information and sharing your beautiful story. Yeah, thank you so much, Dave. Thank you for having me. All thank right. you. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. You too. God thank bless you. you. You've been listening to Coffee Duo Podcast Radio. Like, share, subscribe, and review everywhere podcasts are found. Views and opinions expressed by the guests of Coffee Duo Podcast are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of the program. All rights reserved, no duplication or redistribution without permission. Thanks for listening to the Coffee Duo Podcast. Remember to like, share, and subscribe.